You're listening to Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser on Bloomberg Radio. So you are listening to Bloomberg Business Week. It is Monday. I'm Carol Masser back at Bloomberg headquarters in New York City. We love talking about real estate. And if you remember, uh, Tim Stenovec and I earlier, Tim, of course, of Bloomberg Quick Take, talked earlier about a story. It's among the most read on the Bloomberg about Manhattan luxury. Home buyers are coming back and they're being lured by deep discounts. So tenants definitely in the driver's seat right now. Let's bring in Michael Silver. He's chairman of Vestian. It's a commercial real estate firm that serves only occupants of buildings never landlords. It's an interesting take and perspective on all of this. He joins us on the phone from Chicago. Uh, Michael, great to have you here on Bloomberg. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, first of all, how are you doing? How's Chicago? Uh, the, are you talking about the commercial real estate market? Or well, first, about? just talking about COVID and the general is backdrop. COVID is, um, we're all kind of uh, quarantining. Yeah, it's pretty tough. Um, you know, I think, I think the daily, maybe the daily rates of uh, COVID have gone down a little bit, but it's still, we're at the height of it right now. Yeah. So we're just kind of, everyone's kind of hanging in there. Well, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's tough and I feel for you and we're watching very closely here in, in New York, having been through a crazy time, obviously, and really tough time uh, in the spring. What are you seeing uh, as a result on the real estate markets? Well, if you're talking about overall, the, it's probably the worst, commercial real estate market since the dot-com bust, Mm. probably surpassing the dot-com bust. And it's probably the worst commercial real estate market. Certainly it's, there's more vacancy than there was as a percentage of the overall supply than there was in 2009 in the recession. So it's, um, and it's going to get worse. And, um, it's, it's so, for example, in the, U, the U.S. has a 4 billion square foot supply of office space. Mm-hmm. We're starting to exceed overall 16% vacancy overall. Mm-hmm. We've never, that's never occurred. Occupancy dropped in the U.S. so far this year at around 30 million square feet, and it's predicted to drop around 50 million square feet. And in terms of sublet availability, there's 150 million or 160 million square feet of sublet available throughout the United States, headed towards 200 million square feet of availability of sublet. It's never occurred before. So how do we digest that? Or you don't? You just don't. I don't. <laughs> I think. I think. I, I really. It, there's enough supply. Uh, in the marketplace, in order to mop up all the, all the vacancy that's predicted, there's about a seven-year supply. So I, I just don't think it's going to get back to any kind of state of equilibrium for at least seven, maybe eight years. So what does that mean? Because I feel like I'm looking for a story, and I'm going to find it as I as I talk with you. But sure. I do feel like it hasn't necessarily played out yet in the financial markets. Is that fair? Uh, yes, it is fair. And that's because in the, in the multi-market buildings, um, most of the buildings are distributed with seven and 10 year leases. So most of the owners can make their payments. Okay. So that's played out, but it's not going to last um, it, it's just not going to, you know, be the situation forever. 
because at some point there's going to be a recognition of how much supply there is and there isn't any leasing activity right now. And in order to attract leasing activity, owners are going to have to drop their rates. Right. No other choice. Well, here's the story I was looking for on the Bloomberg by Adam Temkin. Uh, The more than $550 billion market for bonds backed by U.S. commercial uh, mortgages may face losses even after promising COVID vaccines become widespread uh, as key parts of the real estate market may not return to full strength anytime soon. We're talking about the CMBS market. Because I've been kind of, you know, we've all been watching it really closely and it feels like, you know, knock on Formica, which is what I'm knocking on, uh, it's held up. But like you say, so when do we start to see the problems? Um, I think you're going to start to see the problems next year because I don't even think that the amount of sublet space that's on the market today, I think potentially it could double next year. I think people are recognizing, I think building owners are, I think businesses are recognizing that they probably have 30% more space than they need. Mm Mm-hmm. And many of the standard office space users are, are just sitting in a state of limbo trying to figure out how much do I need, how much don't I need, right. how many people are working remotely. And whereas technology companies, which represents 21% of the overall market, they're putting space on the market, they're very quick to respond to this. And they're putting a lot of space on the market. And I think the standard... Uh, Office space users, you know, the lawyers and the financial markets will soon start to follow. So this becomes really a 2021 story where it becomes problematic. Where are the banks? It's going to be a 2021 story. It's going to be a 2022 story. It's just not going to be absorbed. Well, and what's interesting is, and we're going to get into this a little bit more deeply on the, after we do a little bit of news, but I mean, not great for landlords right now, potentially some financial exposure too for investors, uh, and we'll have to see what it, how it trickles down maybe into the financial community, meaning banks and so on. But for tenants, just briefly, got 20 seconds and we'll come back and, and talk more. They're in the driver's seat right now. In, in an incredible way. And what they need to do is react quickly and find their voice in new negotiations. So, Michael, tell us about what you have seen since you work with tenants. Tell us about some of the tenants that you are working with and maybe what are some of the opportunities that they're finding in this environment, especially when you talk about so much excess supply when it comes to commercial real estate. If a tenant is lucky enough to not be encumbered by a lease, and I'll get back to that, Mm. they should expect to have a 30% discount in overall cost. Instead of a 10-year lease, they should be negotiating flexibly because a lot of their workforce is working remotely uh, for a three- to five-year lease. And um, they should be uh, very focused on flexible lease arrangements, um, free rent, construction, and a drop in the face rent by 30%. Wow. That's now, a, yeah. if, a tenant, if a tenant has a lease, they should expeditiously attempt to get rid of the space. Not even we recommend attempting a buyout from the landlord. It's a lot cleaner. And there are a number of landlords who are open to those kinds of arrangements. And 
it's an opportunity for a tenant to recover more than they would on a sublet. And the owner is benefiting by not having competing space offered at half price in their building. Um, But the uh, opportunities are incredible right now for tenants. We have formed a division within our company to expeditiously and with dispatch work on ridding tenants of space. Yeah, I do wonder how this, okay, so this is what, I mean, how do you see this? Is this something that you negotiate now and this is going to be a three to five year thing before we start to get back to normal? I know you were talking about it earlier that you don't see the commercial real estate market getting back to pre-COVID levels for some time. So right. this is this is maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity. Well, the, the conditions for owners are as bad as I've seen since 1991-1992 when the entire commercial market imploded yeah. just through overbuilding. Um, it's more than a, a one-time lifetime because we're not dealing with uh, just office housing. We're dealing with remote working as well. Mm-hmm. Remote working necessitates needing less space. And as I get back to my base case, if there's 4 billion square feet of prop office property in the United States and you need 30% less space, that, that means that 1.2 billion square feet of space needs to get absorbed. Right. And we absorb 200 million square feet a year. So, I, you know, that's why... <laughs> it's basic math here, right? Yeah. This won't be worked out for quite a while. The working from home, um, Michael, we've had a lot of discussions here with CEOs and you get, depending on who you talk to, you get a a different um, response. Some say, yep, it's here to stay. You see the big tech companies saying, you want to work from home? That's fine. You can do it forever. Uh, I, I don't know. It's hard to say how much of it sticks. What are your expectations here? My expectations that it will stick. You know, our clients say that they're just not going back to working full-time out of an office space. I actually think we're on the dawn. I mean, for all the problems that I think commercial owners will have, mm-hmm. businesses are on the dawn of some of the greatest productivity advancements that I've ever seen because they're able to work remotely and they're able to work in the office and they're able to work virtually with technology tools that just keep getting better and better. So they're able to function as one unit as opposed to borders that sometimes get created through office space. So you have a combination sometimes of office space and remote working, and it's fantastic. The productivity gains are amazing. So I'm thinking about our audience, smart audience. you know, tuned in audience and thinking about the investment play here based on what you're saying. And I'm wondering, you know, especially in a, you know, a year, year and a half or so where we spend so much time or last couple of years talking about WeWork and co-working companies, what's, what's the investment play? We've talked a lot about logistics companies and warehouses. That's been a play and that's going to be even more of a play going forward. What do you see as the play going forward? And just got about a minute left here. Well, online services, anything connected with online services. So you're talking about warehouse space, mm-hmm. logistics space. You're talking about 3PL space, 
you know, reworking supply chains. What's Those 3PL? Forgive me. 3PL, is that supply chain? Yes. Okay. 3PL is third-party providers for warehouse. Got it. Okay. With supply chains. Uh, with, with supply chains. Delivery systems like FedEx, DHL, they need large amounts of space. Do you know that 600 million feet of the 4 billion feet is occupied by technology companies. Hmm. It's just incredible. So right. there's opportunities in the market. Yeah, there's opportunities in the market. There's, there's also going to be opportunities in, uh, to pick up office buildings at substantially less than replacement costs. And that'll be a way for the whole right. uh, situation to reset. Right, exactly. That's actually a smart part. We didn't even get into retail in general. It's also going to be a major reset. We saw it after the financial crisis with housing. Um, Michael, great conversation. Um, Hopefully you can come back and we can continue uh, at a future date. Michael Silver, Chairman of Vestian, uh, joining us on the phone in Chicago.